The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On The Viewpoint. Cyber risks are becoming more complex and challenging at the rate at which digital technology is evolving and disrupting traditional business models. Cyber risks seem to evolve even faster. Cyber risk has moved beyond data breaches and privacy. There are now sophisticated attacks that are disrupting entire countries, industries, businesses, and supply chains. This is costing the economy of these nations or societies billions and billions of dollars, as Donald Trump would say, and affecting businesses in just about every known sector of every economy. Unfortunately, cyber risk cannot be eliminated. It sure can be mitigated and certainly managed. To talk to us about the intricacies of this so that we don't have another situation of City of Johannesburg, Standard Bank, and even APSA, who last year had cyber breaches. Mr. John McLaughlin, cybersecurity expert and CEO of J2 Software, is on the line. Good evening, John. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good to speak to you. Cybersecurity threats have the effect of causing a world war. That's how serious this is. But one doesn't get the kind of sense that even governments are alive to that, given the fact that For the most part, it seems to be a nonchalant issue when they talk about it's a by the way. What do you think of that? Well, I think one of of the items is um, so many South African businesses, perhaps government, whatever it might be, they they don't really understand the full implications of of the the risk of cyber attacks that are out there. Um, We're hearing more and more of it reported locally. However, most organizations, most people... Uh, whether it's to protect reputation or, or just because they 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 they, they, they don't want to admit that they were breached, um, it, it's happening all the time. Uh, most people, if you speak to them, will know somebody or an organisation who was who was a victim of some kind of cybercrime, whether it's something like invoice fraud, where or change of bank details fraud, or or, or or something online where people have lost money. This is costing the country and people millions and millions every year. Talking about some of those issues, let's sort of tackle these issues. For instance, City of Johannesburg, with all the information that it has, Standard Bank and APSA, all of these institutions, commercial value, critical value, which if they were in the hands and have been in the hands of an undesirable person, a lot can change and everybody's fortunes could be lost simply because of indifference, I suppose, to an extent, of those who are charged with the protection of protecting society's information, business information, the credibility of the state is on hand here. What then should this country be doing almost like as a national narrative across all fronts in terms of building a protocol that ensures we understand what cyber risks are, we have developed systems and protocols that cut across the board, and we onboard all these institutions upon which our democracy hinges? Yeah, I think one one of the difficulties is that um, not everything is ever reported, as mentioned, but the other side of our is it could be something which doesn't have a direct impact, such as the attacks, well, the, the denial of service attacks that went against the banks, where it wasn't necessarily a breach, but services became unavailable. Um, most attacks nowadays appear through the end users. Yeah, and, and, and one of the risks of that is you know, people, systems are very difficult to break. They're built securely. Uh, people are aware of those risks. But people with legitimate access can often be tricked and conned. And uh, what we find is that in many organizations, not enough is being done um, 
to educate the people that are actually interacting with the systems. Uh, to, to, to break a system is exceptionally difficult, but to get, get through a human with the right access um, mm. is, is far easier. Do you want to spend a bit of time talking about that? Because now it does come across as though the human factor is probably in this entire value chain the weakest chain. Do you want to spend a bit more time in terms of the necessary protocols then that should be developed, the kind of training that should be developed, or the kind of behavioral changes that should be seen with this human factor, which on this account that you have given at least seems to be the weakest link? Well, that, that, I mean, the human, the human side is one thing, and then also organizations not necessarily knowing what it, exactly what the, is out within their environment. Um, not doing the basics, not keeping the software up to date, or allowing people to download illegal software um, and cracked software, which is which is not protected or not updated. Those those are very scary. But if people do not know what they need to look out for, what that's when we're at massive risk. So, if we were to look at education programs, over ninety percent, it is said, of attacks start via email. If you don't know exactly what's happening via email and you haven't educated your your end users, the people that are actually receiving those uh, mm. those mails, if you haven't educated them what they need to look out for, you, you stand to, to at, at a high risk. We've seen numerous instances where people have been tricked by fake documentation, but mm. when you point out one or two very key facts, for example, in a change of banking details fraud, Someone sends a changed letter that's supposedly from your bank. However, in the lines where it has the, the bank account number, often that'll be in a different font, it'll be in a different size, mm-hmm. or the background color will be different. If you know you're looking at a different background color, immediately you should understand that something's just been pasted over something else. Um, if it's a scanned copy of an actual document and there's, an, and there's a physical stamp, you shouldn't be able to see the printing through that physical stamp. If you're holding a piece of paper in your hand, you signed it and put a stamp over it, you wouldn't be able to see that lettering. Little items like that and and training programs should be in place that provide real practical examples of the things you need to look out for. Mm, That's a good Um, point. Unfortunately, people still fall for the tricks where they need to click on this link because a long-lost relative that lives in Europe somewhere has left them <laughs> two million pounds, someone you've never met. Surely they can't um, still other be falling items for that. That are, that, that, are, that are quite right, specifically in smaller businesses, um, is uh, you know, where uh, something will come through and, uh, and, and then essentially people will then get access to their systems that way because they're clicking on the wrong links. Um, we're seeing a lot of social engineering uh, attacks, as they call it, so with social engineering, uh, we need to be careful of what we're sharing out in public. Um, that's, that's the reality. Everybody wants privacy, but we give it away every day. So attacks where people gain access to your machine by pretending to be a support person from a large organization, like perhaps a bank or a Microsoft or that kind of system. Um, they then ask for remote access, which you give them. They can then load software on your machine, uh, steal credit card details and items like that. Um, you know, be careful of what you share online. Be careful what you post and validate the information that's in front of you. If you didn't enter the competition, I assure you, you didn't win it. <laughs> the South African Bank Risk Information Center, Sabric, 
Sires, South Africa is the third highest number of cybercrime victims in the world. Let's give it a monetary value. 2.2 billion a year is lost by South Africans to cybercrime. Identity theft, as you had said, phising, ransomware. But of the things that you were saying, do, do not do, do, do not do, is it really practical for somebody to be so meticulous in one's detail when filling out a form, there is nothing on the computer that you can do that doesn't want your email address, that doesn't want a password, that doesn't want to know your gender or your sex, that doesn't want to know what your cell phone number is, that doesn't want you to put in your address with a home address and from time to time your ID. And the reality is when you're looking at a screen, everything looks the same. It might be different with a physical copy. Then you might pick up the indiscretions of a physical document. But on the screen, these things are very difficult. Outside then being John McLaughlin, what if you are just an ordinary songer who's irritated at having to fill in this form in an application for this particular institution and you're applying to three different institutions and the same information is wanted? At some point, muscle memory is just going to take over and prudence is going to drop. That's a reality. Potentially. But the items, again, if, if you know the site that you have gone to, then it is more than likely secure. You look for the secure sign, the little lock at the top of the browser, or the fact that it's there. You know that you went to a, for example, let's say a one of the banks. You went to their website. You clicked on apply, and you then fill in the information. If you receive a random notification of something you didn't ask for and says click here and fill in all your details, that's where you need to be wary. So, again, if it's something you're looking for and you've specifically gone there, you've typed the web address in, then you are going to, in pretty much every circumstance, uh, be secure in terms of filling that information in. But when it's unsolicited and then you suddenly click on it, again, I, I think like anything in life, if you, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Remember that organizations don't make money by giving away their top-selling products. Mm. Um, it's, if something seems really too good to be true, do a little bit of research. Use, you know, use something in Google. Go to their physical <laughs> website. See if, if the organization is running those things. And remember, it doesn't just happen on a computer or, or those items. Mm. A lot of these things are perpetuated through uh, things like WhatsApp. And people share like crazy. You know? uh, British Airways is giving away free tickets to 7,500 people for their 75th anniversary. Um, again, organizations don't generally make money by giving away the things that they sell. Let's talk about some global systemic issues now. The World Economic Forum's Global Risks Report, latest 2019. Technology instability was highlighted a risk. In fact, massive data fraud and theft ranked the number four global risk over a 10-year horizon and cyber attacks coming in at five. So out of 10 indicators that the world is at risk of, two of them are linked with technology. Now, of course, this raises critical national sovereignty issues, among other things. From a global perspective now, what then should be the discussion at World Economic Forum, what should be the discussion at all these multilateral forums in fora, I beg your pardon, in terms of, first of all, underscoring the reality and more important, developing international protocols or signing or establishing or concluding 
conventions or treaties to treat this? Do we have an international work, an international setup that is working towards eradicating this risk? Because at least this can be managed better. There's always methods of managing better. But remember that these crimes are perpetuated by organized syndicates. Um, I, I, I like to think of it that we, we need to stop referring to people um, that, that are perpetuating crime as hackers. Because traditionally, hackers have almost this fairy tale type connotation. Because back in the old days, people did these things to see that they could. This is crime. These mm, are criminals. Absolutely. And these are syndicates. These are people going to work every day with the intention of stealing. Um, it's simple as that. They they are there to, to rob good people of items. So, in, in reality, most South African organizations um, are, will fall, fall, fall victim to people who are referred to as script kiddies. People trying something because they saw it on a YouTube video or they've heard it here. When your target is it's different. What we need to be doing is sharing far more information within industries, and government does need to make steps to have a centralized area where cybercrime can be reported and responded. That's really the key here. But if you think about it, the risk of being a cyber criminal is far less. If I was, if if I had money to invest. And I'm now a criminal syndicate, and I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I do? Do I go buy illicit weapons and try take out armored vehicles where the guards are armed and the risks are high? Or do I start something by sending out 50,000 free emails that are virtually impossible to trace? Uh, that's far lower risk. So by investing in those, looking at the tools, and then exploiting vulnerabilities that people and companies do not patch, that's, uh, it's, it's far lower risk, much higher reward. All right. Final question then in relation to all of that. What can we do to manage all of this risk better? Because as you were talking, I mean, there's an Edward Snowden out there in the world who believes he's a human rights activist. He believes that he was helping the world, not necessarily moving as a criminal in relation to all the information that he had through WikiLeaks in the U.S. Of course, he's a fugitive of He's a fugitive of the United States, but Russia are holding on to him because these two nations, albeit politically they are always at odds, but they genuinely believe one is a criminal and they believe the other is a savior. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's one of those difficult items. That that is a difficult thing, and, and depending on who it is that you speak to, everyone has their own opinion on it. The reality is, for the everyday person, um, if yeah, in the event that. Uh, you want to protect your data and your information. And obviously, being a cybersecurity specialist and professional, mm. we only speak we, we speak we speak for the people who are doing things the correct way <laughs> and protecting their information. From my point of view, what organizations and people need to do is they need to make sure that they're doing the basics. Uh, educate yourselves or find people who can provide a decent level of education. Make sure you've put a layered defense and you've built that cyber resilience. Now, make sure your email is protected. Look out for strange things. Don't use the same password for absolutely everything, please. Um, and, and make sure you patch your systems um, and know when something changes. So from an organizational point of view, there's tools 
no matter the size, whether you're a whether you're a very small business or exceptionally large, if you don't know what's really taking place and in that looking at behaviors and what's changing, mm-hmm. you are at risk. And the last thing that everyone tends to struggle with is when we're speaking about cyber risk and cyber crime, it's such a big subject. People start speaking about it, they do a bit more research, they then see it involves other items, and then we're going to bring in mobile, and then we're going to bring in wireless, and then mm. and everyone panics and freaks out. So what ends up happening is after quite a lot of conversation, nothing happens. And that is, for me, the biggest risk. If you don't take incremental steps that make sense to your organization, you're just making it more difficult for yourself. It may be it may be a small step, but by doing the basics properly, every step you take is a positive one. Excellent. Thank you so much. Mr. John McLaughlin, did I pronounce your surname correctly? Absolutely, McLaughlin. Just, just right. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate your time. Cybersecurity expert and CEO of J2 Software. This is what he says in a piece that he penned, which is on their website. Despite cyber risk being ranked as a high priority, governance and ownership of it generally does not align with that ranking. Those who should be focused on cybersecurity or not, IT and information security roles continue to be seen as the primary owners of cyber risk management. Therefore, businesses must build cyber resilience, approaching cyber risk as a critical threat that, with vigilance and application of best practices, can be managed confidently, he says that word. Thank you so much to John for his time. We take a quick ad break now before we are joined on the line by a man in Davos, Switzerland, president of the Black Management Forum, Andile Nomlala Ngunopulalowo.